today on the Sales Life Podcast. When Jesse Itzler was first starting Marquee Jet, one of his salespeople said out of frustration, boss, this is hard. I'm getting a lot of resistance and the customers are pushing back. Itzler looked at her and said, of course it's hard. What took you so long to realize that? All right, TSL, let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Life Sales Edition. The Sales Life Sales Edition is one of two podcast platforms. The Sales Life, the mothership, over 600 episodes of those who are looking to build the life skills of selling. And the Sales Life Sales Edition is for those who are in the sales profession looking to plus size their game. Because, man, the sales profession is tough. Selling in life is tough. But the sales profession is tough, man, because it's one of the only professions that I know of that we actually go to work to fail. So this podcast platform, the Sales Life Sales Edition, is for those because I want you to stay in the sales profession. I don't want you to turn back. And as you're going to hear on today's episode, it's going to be totally worth it. But it's hard. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how hard the sales profession is. And the idea came to me when I was listening to Jesse Itzler on Inky Johnson. My man, Inky Johnson, finally has uh, come out with his podcast, as you can see, those who are watching it on, uh, on the video, uh, episode 10. Uh, so he's just, he's just a, a, a baby. He's just a newcomer to the podcast world, but he is not a newcomer to the world itself. Uh, Inky Johnson has laid the foundation for many, many years, bringing us sources of inspiration and is now leveraging those relationships that he's connected with over the years uh, to bring in deeper conversations. So I urge you to subscribe to uh, his podcast, man, and definitely support him if he's helped you in any kind of way. So anyway, on with today's show, Jesse Itzler, man. If you don't know who Jesse Itzler is, let me tell you how I came across Jesse Itzler. And those of you who have rocked with me on the uh, sales life for many years, um, I've talked about Jesse Itzler uh, many times. And the first time I came across Jesse Itzler was his book, Living with a Seal. And basically the premise of the book, it's a hilarious book. It's a great book. And the premise of the book is Jesse Itzler has this idea that he's going to hire a Navy SEAL to live with him and basically push him as the SEALs are pushed. And there's this hilarious narration of stories because the rule is the SEAL, which he will not reveal the SEAL's name, the SEAL puts him like all times, it doesn't matter what the weather is, and this is in New York, so it's freezing outside. They're running outside in shorts. They're swimming in frigid waters. I mean, it's just whatever. They're, they, the rule is Itzler cannot say no. So whatever the SEAL tells him to do, he has to do it. That's the rule. And if you, if you look at the cover of the book, there's a SEAL on the cover of the book with Jesse Itzler looking there all surprised. And the SEAL has a hoodie over his head. And the SEAL asked to not be revealed in the book. Well, come to find out, man, that SEAL was David Goggins before the world knew him as the badass of David Goggins. And what's funny, man, I, I kind of felt like I had insider information because I read Itzler's book. And so I knew the story. And then a few years later, 
David Goggins comes onto the scene and I look at Goggins and I'm like, wait a minute. That's the guy that was in Jesse Itzler's book. And I connected the dots and lo and behold, that's who it was. So, you know, it was really cool because I, I felt like I got to know of David Goggins before the world knew him as David Goggins. As Goggins, the Dark Knight. That's how I came across Jesse Itzler. And Itzler is tremendously successful. But this is a guy who has earned a lot of success not knowing exactly how to do it. He's one of those guys that he, if he has an idea, he's going to run with it. And for those of you who say, well, I'm not married to a billionaire, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, like Jesse Itzler is. I don't have millions and millions and billions of dollars like the Itzler family does. And Itzler is incredibly wealthy himself. He started out, he's been a rapper. He has written NBA jingles. And he even created the company Marquee Jets that later sold to Warren Buffett. So, you know, that wasn't cheap. <laughs> and all of these things, see, Itzler didn't know how to write jingles. He didn't know what it took to be on a label as a rapper. And this was, dude, this is like in the late 80s, early 90s uh, when, when that came, came about. So he was kind of an anomaly at that time. He didn't know anything about jets. He just knew that, hey, let me just start a private jet company. But this is a guy that he just pushes off and tries to figure it out along the way. He leaps and then finds his wings along the way. And so following him, man, is it's really cool because it really tells you that you don't have to have, there's so many times we think that we have to have it all first, right? I need the resources and then I'll get resourceful. And what Itzler does is he just gets resourceful on whatever he's got and then he connects the dots along the way. That's what I love about following him. So anyway, he's on Inky Johnson's podcast and he tells a story early on in with uh, Marky Jets. And when Marky Jets was introduced, it was, it was a new concept, man. You're selling timeshare to these wealthy individuals who don't want to fly commercially. They want to fly a private jet, but maybe they're not quite there that they can own their own private jet or want the expense of owning a private jet. So Itzler created Marquee Jets. It was like, look, we'll bear all of the expense. We'll provide the pilots and everything. You just buy the time. Itzler and his team were reaching out to wealthy people about this new concept. And one of his salespeople turned in frustration to him one day. And she said, boss, this is hard. I'm meeting a lot of resistance. And all of these customers are pushing back on me. And Itzler looked at her and he said, of course it's going to be hard. It's supposed to be. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a salesperson. And your customers are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing as a customer, your job is to present and it's your customer's job to push back.
So it makes me wonder, when a customer pushes back on us, why are we so caught off guard as a salesperson? Why does it seem like it's a surprise? Because I know that you want it easy, but you got to think about it like this. It's supposed to be hard because if it were easy, you would have never gotten the job anyway. It was only once the TOO got in front of hard, when it became too hard for the salesperson before you, is when they bailed out and said, I can't do this anymore. And that's what created the opportunity for you. If it were easy, you wouldn't make the kind of money that you make as a salesperson. So it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Your customers are supposed to push back. Because when you present, you're disrupting their logic, what they've already had preconceived in their head. Because when you present, when you bring an offer to the table, in many ways, the customer has to rethink everything and say, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the way that I have been thinking about this and going about this for so many years isn't the best or most efficient way. So when you present and they push back, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Because if it all made sense before they even met you, then there'd be no need for you as a salesperson. Itzler told that young salesperson when she said how hard it is. He told her, what took you so long? to realize this was going to be hard. He went on to clarify, he said, I'm an ultra runner, meaning that I run hundred milers. Do you think my hundred milers are pain-free and perfect? Of course not. They're hundred milers. And there are some things that are unforeseen. There are some things that aren't accounted for. There's routes that I turned down wrong. There's mistakes that I make. And he said, every one of those runs, my body is breaking down. The voices in my head are telling me to turn back and quit. And he said, my feet are bleeding with blisters. but I knew it was going to be hard. And so I keep going. I don't stop. 
because I know on the other side of hard, I'll be able to realize and accomplish things that only other people dream of. I put this on Twitter recently. I put, if you don't want to quit at times, your dreams are too small. Your visions are too low. And your goals are wrapped up in comfort. Because anything that is hard is going to feel impossibly overwhelming at times. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to quit sales. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to quit while running and tell somebody to just come pick me up. And I've even had many times that I wanted to quit the sales life because it's hard. So if you're facing hard, I'm just going to tell you this. What took you so long to realize this was going to be hard? Did you think in sales that every customer was going to say yes? Did you think that every customer would be back? Did you think that every call would connect and lead to an appointment? Did you think that every customer would agree to your offer? Did you think that your manager would never disagree with you? Did you think that you wouldn't lose deals or that unfairness would overshadow all of your hard work? Damn right. It's hard. It's supposed to be, but because it's hard and the fact that you realize it and you embrace the suck and you keep going, that just means that you're on the right path and that you are on your way to achieving a level of success that others can only dream of. If it's hard, You got good-sized dreams. Keep going and keep raising the bar. Remember, the greatest sale that you will ever make is a sale you on you because you're more than enough. Stay amazing. Stay in the sales life. Take care.